Hello again, we're back. We're back to our regular schedule of weekly podcasts after a few busy weeks of cooking classes. Tuscan summers are fiery, especially when you're spending most of your day in the kitchen. They slowly take over the countryside. Fields and meadows, they turn yellow within the first days of scorching sun, and the air is filled with the smell of toast wheat and dried mint. The hypnotic buzz of cicadas is the soundtrack for lazy afternoons, when you seek refuge inside the house, behind closed shutters and curtains, in the dark or the freshest room. Bare feet, light linen, a hand fan as your best ally. This is when I like to indulge in the memories of our recent trip to Salento, in Puglia. Before starting this new episode, let me thank you all for your comments and feedbacks on our podcast. We're also writing down a list of ideas for the next episodes, having friends over to record interviews and conversations. If you do not want to miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you are listening to a podcast. And if you like this show, please consider rating and reviewing the show. It makes a huge difference, and it would help us enormously. Remember that you will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in the episode show notes. Also, don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for more information and to discover new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start! Ciao! My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia and I'm a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and a photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now, through my cookbooks and my blog, juleskitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow this podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. Welcome to Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode 15. In this episode, I'll share a recent blog post, Fragments of Summer, of old-fashioned holidays in Puglia. I'll also share some of my favorite recipes for an effortless summer cooking. Our holiday in Salento has become an habit. Tommaso and I go to Puglia to visit his uncle and aunt, his nonna, their house a few steps from the sea, where over the years Salento recognized the light and the rhythms. Now I know where the dishes and the pans are, where to take a shower outside in the courtyard on the way back from the beach, where it's market day. As every year, I arrive in Puglia brimming with expectations and with the longest to-do list. Podcasts to listen, books to read, stories to write. Then, the hopeful idea of walking every morning, leaving home early with the goal of a cafe in ghiaccio, a coffee on ice with almond milk, in the town centre. This year, I said to myself, I won't cook, we'll dine out. Every night, a different place, a masseria, a farm among the olive trees, or a restaurant on the beach, overlooking the sea. Well, we arrive in Porto Cesario after nine taxing hours of nocturnal driving, thanks to a thermos of iced tea and one of hot coffee. We settled at home, spreading fresh laundry sheets on a double bed, now we are married, we are allowed to stay in a double bed, in a white room with a dim light. I had just begun to surrender to the idea that for once I would forget cooking, waiting for the arrival of Tommy's relatives during the weekend, when I remember that Thursday is market day in Porto Cesario. The market in Porto Cesario is an experience, it's a sensorial experience. 
The next day we left early to start thinking off the list of what I wanted to bring back home. They are my supplies for the whole year. Let's face it, this is the main reason why we go to Puglia by car and not by plane, despite the long nine hours it takes us to get there. I came back home from the market with a kilo of local almonds, those that have that distinct coconut flavor, a kilo of meaty sun-dried tomatoes, and a bag of dry oregano. It's delicate and balsamic. This is what I use in my cooking for tomatoes, for example. I brought back two kilos of teeny tiny capers in salt, I'm addicted to these capers, and a bag of sticky black olives. These olives are baked after they're being cured, so they, they almost remind the texture of jam sometimes. Then when I was at the market, I looked out over the dock where they sell fruit and vegetables every Thursday, and I could not resist courgettes, local green beans with darker tips, white mulberries, and a basket of small yellow plums. The man, the old man was like, Signora, take two baskets. These are so sweet. And what do you have to do? You take two baskets. And then you make jam because you have too many plums. And then I bought cherries. And then cantaloupes. They were as sweet as honey. And the first ripe figs. They were there in the basket. They were beautiful, lying on their leaves. You cannot leave the town center without visiting the local bakery, Il Forno. Here we bought bread, pucce. There are soft buns with black olives dust with flour, and pizzi. These are my favorite. They are even smaller buns, dense, chewy. They are studded with black olives and rich with stewed onions, tomatoes, and a hint of chili pepper. Well, we didn't buy taralli and friselle just because Tommy's aunt, she loves to buy friselle and taralli where she knows they're good. So she would bring them back every weekend when she's visiting. The supermarket sells the products of a nearby dairy farm. So there I bought the mozzarella, the biggest one, they call it la bomba, the bomb, and a basket of freshly made ricotta. It was moving, it was still warm in my hands. I was like almost crying. My idea, my first idea of dining out every night dissolved on the way back home, faced with all the possibilities I felt there, in the weight of the straw bag full of vegetables, in the smell of dried oregano, in the warmth of the freshly made ricotta. All of a sudden, coming back home, I remembered how we used to spend the holidays at the seaside with my parents when I was a child. In the early morning, we would go to town riding our bike to buy fruit and vegetables. Then we would spend a few hours on the beach, swimming, walking along the shore, or mostly building sandcastles. A quick lunch, then the afternoon was all for us, for me, my sister and my cousin. We could read, draw and play in the shade of the pine trees or in silence inside our rented house in Maremma while the adults would take a nap. And then back to the beach in the late afternoon until sunset, until dinner time. That was the best moment of the beach. We would always have dinner at home as my parents would take us out to eat a pizza just once during our holidays. After dinner, it was time for a gelato in a cone eaten while strolling in town, looking at shop windows or choosing old comics and second-hand books. Those holidays left a mark on me, an imprint. After months of work, cooking classes, projects and deadlines, there is no better way to relax and reclaim my space and my time. Cooking has always been part of the plan. During these holidays, Julia, be kind to yourself. This is what I said to my reflection in the mirror 
just before closing the door and getting into our car, at a merciless hour when people usually come back home in summer, not leave. This has been my mantra for the whole vacation. No obligations, a few hours every day to write, more to jot down my thoughts and ideas than to respect a deadline. Walks along the shore and readings on the beach. And most importantly, a summer effortless cooking made of a lot of vegetables and fruit, whole with pasta, canned tuna and mozzarella. So what is summer effortless cooking for me? It meant a gas cooker on a corner of the kitchen and a white ceramic sink in the courtyard where you can rinse your vegetables and splash yourself with fresh water whenever you need it. It means short cooking, a drizzle of extra virgin olive oil to finish, lots of vegetables, basil leaves and dried tomatoes. As I cook on a daily basis for work and for pleasure, when I'm on vacation, my cooking style is essential, effortless, aiming to subsistence. We clean the green beans sitting at the table in the living room. The shutters left ajar on the street that comes back from the sea. The last bitters return home, dragging flip-flops covered in sand, beach umbrellas and airbeds. The children run home, carrying the warmth of the sun on their skin, while the nonne stop to greet those who are ready on their balconies, hanging swimming suits and beach towels. Inside the house, in the cool room, bare feet on the floor, we look unseen at those people passing by. And in the meantime, we clean the beans, gradually dropping them with a thud in a large ceramic bowl. Tommaso and I exchange just a few words. We are totally absorbed in a repetitive and relaxing activity, fully addicted to these family rhythms, summer effortless cooking. So you might wonder, what did we cook during our holidays? There were a bunch of ingredients that kept on turning back into the recipes. Green beans, ricotta, tomatoes, whole wheat pasta, canned tuna, mozzarella and zucchini. Just a bunch of ingredients, fresh herbs and olive oil, I cooked for about four days, taking just like a few minutes every day and creating delicious, light, fresh food. One of my staples is a green bean salad. So I quickly blanch the green beans or I boil them or I steam them according to the texture I want to give to the beans. And then I cool them down under running water. I want them to be cold. Then I dress the beans with whatever I have at hand. One of my favorite combinations is canned tuna and boiled eggs. Lots of basil, extra virgin olive oil. Now let's open the chapter of pasta. I usually use whole wheat pasta or spelled pasta. First of all, because I like the taste and second, because it's more healthy with all the fibers inside. So when I cook pasta, I dress it very simply. One of the ways that I used in Puglia was uh, ricotta and tomatoes. So I quartered some cherry tomatoes, I quickly cook them with extra virgin olive oil and garlic, and then I mix the pasta with a big spoonful of ricotta, these cooked tomatoes and some basil and some dried oregano. And it becomes creamy, with slight and delicious. Another idea is to add to your pasta, guess what? green beans and some tuna. So it's very similar to the green bean salad, but then you have also the pasta. Another idea is one of the recipes that my mom makes more often in summer, and it is pasta, 
made with tuna, but then a big bunch of parsley and basil and then some capers, all chopped together very finely and then mixed. So the warmth of the pasta and some of the cooking water from the pasta, they bind everything together. You can serve this pasta either warm or even cold, so you can prepare that in advance, keep it in the fridge and then have it for dinner when you're ready for dinner. Another recipe that I made uh, in Puglia is a frittata made with zucchini. So I just cut the zucchini in thin rounds as big as a coin and I cook them with extra virgin olive oil and basil again. Then these zucchini were added to beaten eggs and I made a frittata, an omelette, adding also at the very end pieces of mozzarella. I had some mozzarella left so it was less watery, it was dense, it was perfect for the frittata. In 10 minutes, you cook the zucchini and the frittata. And you can have a dinner which is fresh and seasonal and most importantly, effortless. But our holidays were not just food. We spent also quite a few hours on the beach. From the sea, Porto Cesario is a succession of low square houses with spacious terraces and light colors. Here and there, a few palm trees. The beach is getting narrower every year, overgrown with weeds and Mediterranean scrub. In those few meters left, just a couple of bathers. June is the perfect month, still far from the crowded days of July and August. So if you're looking to visit Puglia, really go there in May, June or even September and try to avoid July and August. They are too busy, way too busy. In the morning, during the walk, the sea is populated by old men. They're immersed in the water up to their knees. A faded tank talk, their skin like leather, already toasted by the sun. They browse the seabed with bare feet in search of mussels. The nonne, on the other hand, they're wrapped in dark swimming suits. They're round, pot-bellied and proud. They walk in the cold water that laps their hips to improve their poor blood circulation. They look like Greek amphorae. As I get into the water, I realize I am inadvertently mimicking their position. Hence, up on my hips, chin up, my gaze fixed on the horizon. Next to me, Tommaso, hands behind his back. Just like the old man, like tasting the water and savoring the peace of their sea at sunset. I hope we'll grow old like this, looking forward together. And now the last flash from my holidays, breakfast at the cafe. During the year, for me, breakfast is always at home, with a book or the radio in the background. A whole teapot of steaming hot tea in winter, in summer a mug of cold coffee diluted with almond milk. Breakfast in a cafe bar feels immediately like holidays. It is something different from the everyday routine. You take your time, sipping a coffee, sitting next to each other, talking and watching the tourists and the locals who pass by. They're already dressed for the beach. When we are in Porto Cesario, having breakfast in a cafe has become a ritual since the first time I visited Salento, a moment I look forward to for the whole year. This is essentially due to my equally divided love for pasticciotti and caffè in ghiaccio. In summer, you can find cold coffee also here in Tuscany. It is caffè shakerato if you want to have it, but it has nothing to do with what you can have in Salento. A small glass with five ice cubes, a milky almond syrup on the bottom. 
Then they pour an espresso on top of the ice cubes. What you have to do now, you stir with a spoon and drink. The flavor of the coffee is the first to hit your senses. Then comes the sweetness of the almond syrup with its notes of amaretto. Finally, the ice cubes, which rest on your lips and instantly send shivers down your spine. Now I am awake. The pasticciotti, on the other hand, are served warm. Crumbly shortcrust shells, ostentatiously made with lard, with a filling of thick pastry cream. There's a hint of strega, a southern-based yellow liquor, in the center, sometimes, a single sour cherry in syrup. They are the ideal contrast to iced coffee, the taste of Salento. Word of the day. Learn Italian language of food word after word. Every year, more than 200 people join our cooking classes. Speaking with them, I made a small dictionary of important words and pronunciations that can help you navigate through the immense world of Italian food. So if you love Italian language as much as you love Italian cooking, these are a few words that can be useful for you. Today's word is frittata. Frittata is the Italian omelette. It can be as simple as a couple of eggs whisked together with salt and pepper. Sometimes you can add a handful of grated parmigiano as well. We often add already cooked vegetables, zucchini, cubed potatoes, artichokes, spinach, or even cheese like mozzarella. Frittata is often the quickest meal you can improvise in just a minute, a staple for lunch or dinner, but never for breakfast. My mom had a staple recipe for frittata, and it was also a great example of summer effortless cooking. She would call it frittata di tonno, tuna frittata. Four eggs, canned tuna, a big bunch of parsley, a hint of lemon zest. This is the end of today's episode of our podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. I'd love to hear from you, which is for you the best example of summer effortless cooking? Do you have recipes in your repertoire that can be prepared in just a few minutes, seasonal ingredients to feed a crowd? Share it with me via email or with a post or a story on Instagram using the hashtag cooking with an Italian accent and tagging Jules Kitchen. If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group, Cooking with Jules Kitchen. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share it with your friends. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode's show notes. Don't forget to visit juicekitchen.com to discover new stories and recipes from Tuscany. Ciao, see you next time!